welcome to the Small Fictions Podcast. Every week, three aspiring, slash, totally shit writers create short stories and send them to an English teacher for grading. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Alex, and Elliot. Ignore me. I'm asking them a question, then I've got to chase them again. Nah, just ignore it, mate. Or it I pick off. up a phone or something like that. It's like, come on, just answer the, just answer that fucking question. You're wasting well, everyone's time. Well, I time. should be replying to people's emails right now, but I'm, I'm doing a podcast with you two. This is obviously <laughs> more important. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is this week. I know we've already started writing under the sea, which we decided on WhatsApp already is going to be the next week's theme. But yeah. this week is horror because I won the the grading last week with our first stories um and i got to choose the theme so i choose horror um how how did you find writing a horror short story yeah i i chickened out and didn't actually go full horror i just i did i just made i made it a laugh and did a kind of comedy horror right yeah i'm noticing the theme so and, and i'm guilty of it too like we're we're we, we cop out and go for comedy rather than rather than tackling yeah but my my under the sea story is um is not a comedy i had to change the title because i started with the title which was a comedy title and then i wrote a serious um piece and i was like oh bollocks i can't use the title oh you've gone serious for the under the sea yeah yeah it's not well it's not it's not that serious but it's it's not a comedy oh i'm looking forward to that um but yeah i called it balls deep and then (laughs) And then wrote a serious piece. Like so, I was like, oh, I can't use that title. <laughs> That's great. Um, what about uh, you? How'd you get on with horror? I found it quite difficult. It's just really? kind of like a meandering plot line, and then I realised, oh, this isn't scary enough. So I kind of tried to make it scary at the end, and and then I wrapped it up. <laughs> That's about it. I'm oh. looking forward to the review. I think it's going to be scathing. Yeah. So <laughs> has has been as harsh as as it was last time. Or yes. Since? oh really yeah he's hard to please turns out he's very hard to please but he is the teacher so he does get to grade them but then Um, also last time you gave us and him different criteria and that's why i got an (laughs) e like like eurovision right so you get like the audience score or the judges score and then the audience score and that can change everything makes it like really exciting yeah yeah well um well, I I've, I got completely wrapped up on my own bullshit for this story, and I just I wrote so much. I was such an idiot, and I thought all the way through. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. This is genius. And then when I when I did the call last night for him to read them, I just was sitting there so embarrassed, listening to him, listening to him endlessly read my stories for like <laughs> was it three pages <laughs> almost like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's like 2,000 words. That's like double what we've... Oh, no. And um, at the time I thought, well, do you know what? I can't cut this down. It's too fucking good. And, uh, and yeah. now now I've just think that was trash. And uh, yeah, and it's so... Well, yeah, it's I hope hard. based on that, that you've got the worst review this week because of what if mine's worse than that, that's not good. Well, I deliberately, because I knew I'd broken the rules, I told him he had to mark mine as ungraded. All right. He had no choice. Um, so I, I got an ungraded straight away because I know what he would have marked you as. Well, you'll see his reaction uh, afterwards. You can judge 
Um, but but yeah, it's a, I, I just got completely lost in my own bullshit, just thinking I was great. Uh, and <laughs> I think I do that sometimes. And then, but the thing was, I thought I was great right up until it was read back to me, and I thought this isn't great. No, this isn't great at all. <laughs> oh dear. Well, and it, then I thought, oh my god, there's two fucking pages left yet. <laughs> um, but the thing, really the thing gorgeous. is that I'm, I'm so impressed. Right? He's he's such a good narrator. Mm. So he really, like, when he was reading my two and a half pages out, he really held it together for me um, because of his. Uh, enthusiasm and and tone and pace and you know voices and stuff um so he, yeah he he is responsible for it not being completely unlistenable but yeah anyway um shall i um shall i play the recording of my conversation with him last night yeah go for it yeah let's do it okay all good yeah you can see yep there he is he's got a little bit of jason statham vibe going on don't you mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're trying to make up for last week when you called him a baldy idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely Jason Statham, yeah, definitely. All right, I'm going to press play. Story number one. So, uh, story one, Saw by Felix Casserole. Read highlighted words in a thick Australian accent. Yellow is female, green is male. Okay. Uh, this, I'm going to need to... Uh, Okay. Green, uh, yellow is female, green is female. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Oi, what's going on? Steve O wailed, trying to fight the pain and confusion and make sense of his situation. The first moments after waking are tricky at the best of times, but Steve O had drunk enough piss to drown an elephant. Also, the pain in the back of his head brought back the memory of being struck by something heavy. He tried to stretch his back out, but couldn't move. Each hand had been cable tied to the corresponding ankle, almost folding him in half and exposing his anus to the breeze like never before. <laughs> he opened his eyes to find himself in a dark pit around the edges of small doors, not much bigger than cat flaps, were spaced out every few feet and the only light shone down from 10 feet above. Hello, Steve-o. An ominous voice called out in the darkness. It sounded like, no, it couldn't be her. But Steve-O knew it could be no one else. He replied with just one word, crikey. When Steve-O first saw Mandy in the pub, he was immediately besotted. It was the way the sweat glistened off her brow and rolled down her ear hair in the 40 degree heat. <laughs> she was out of Steve-O's league though. After she had punched out some soft cock city dweller for suggesting she have a wash, she had the attention of every bloke in the place. Fortunately, Steve-O won the meat raffle and he offered her some brisket in exchange for a date. Later on, they'd had the fair first route in the car park behind super cheap autos. And when she sat her 13 stone bulk down on his face so tenderly, he fell in love, <laughs> knowing straight away he would never again want to even look at another girl's bum hole. The similarities to the raw, unrefrigerated bag of meat he was using as a pillow were uncanny. Oh, God. Drunk on love and stubbies and not wanting the romance to end, he'd suggested watching the sunset from the roof of old man Derek's abattoir. But it was only 2 p.m., so they went back to hers instead, where she promised him a burger and a blowjob. 
The last thing he remembered was her opening him a beer before shooting off to the dunny for a quick shit. He wanted to prove he was a gentleman, so he pulled out his todger and started pricking the Dorito crumbs out of his matted scrotum. Oh my god! Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> lost it. It was then that something hit him from behind. He managed to say one thing before he passed out. Crikey. We're going to have some real fun now, Steve-O. Can you guess what's behind the doors? Mandy taunted. Blimey, love. Look, I'm sorry I shot my load over your favourite singlet, but please let me go. I'll tell you, she continued, ignoring his plea. Behind those doors is your salvation. Watch. With that, one of the doors opened and a massive dildo began thrusting into and out of the doorway. No sooner had it shut, another one swung open, but this time it was the handle of a cricket bat thrusting back and forth. A third opened to the worst yet, a hunting knife doing the same. You're gonna make me take these up the arse, are you? She whimpered. No, of course not, she replied to Steve-O's temporary relief. We're going to wait until you ask. Every time you do, you'll get food and water. Do it five times and you'll go free. What's behind each door will change each time. You'll never know what you're gonna get. Just think of it as a box of chocolates. Who knows? You could even be the first to survive. Just remember, Steve-O, anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me, love? He cried, but she was gone. He'd resisted the urge to cry before as he thought it may have been Shane and Davo playing a trick on him. Now, though, he broke down and blubbed. What did this cock-gobbling siren, who had entranced him with such burger with her burger nips and lack of gag reflex, want? Why are the hot ones always crazy? And did she really expect him to take a cricket bat, or worse, up the arse? The narration's great. Five days later... Starving hungry, parched by thirst, and with the despair haunting his every moment, he made his decision. He forced his muscles to move him to the edge of the pit, and with great difficulty, he got himself up onto his feet. He backed up to one of the doors, hands still bound to his ankles, and croaked as loudly as he could. I'm ready! Without warning, the door opened and a strap wrapped around his hips, pinning his arse to the frame. The anticipation was hell, but what came next was worse. His whole body tensed, his head went back, and his eyes shot wide open. He could only say one thing, which he half screamed. Crikey! Oh, man. <laughs> so I think I've just got the joke of the title. So it's called Saw, but S-O-R-E. Yeah. Right, not S-A-W, like the horror no. film. Yeah. All right, that was excellent. All right, I paused it. Um that was uh that was intense. So can I just can I just under like try and summarize what what happened? Yeah, because I I think I I don't know if I'm following it. So he met a girl, and she she knocked him over the head. He woke up in a pit. Yeah, where the only way out was to expose his anus to a door. Yeah, and then get bummed by whatever came through that door, and he didn't know what it was going to be. Had yeah. to do that five times, and then he got out. Yeah. Then you go okay. to freedom. Oh, I did understand. Yeah, but... <laughs> uh, I can't. Hef's narration, I 
you know, it was great. Like, oh, it's faultless, and... isn't it? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like employing Stephen Fry for a yeah, I know right? a shit podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Well, I I I, I enjoyed that. Um. L. Uh. And I think, but the thing is, what what made I think what made things worse for me is actually your story was quite long too, and my, mine's the next one. And uh, it's even longer, so I think that that I mean, fatigue that was, Hef... that was less than nine hundred words. That's not. Was yeah, that it was over a page, uh, but not not by much. But um, what the hell? And yours is three pages. Yeah, but mine mine is actually like I think my font is bigger. Um, <laughs> okay. So I don't know if they would be equivalent. I, I thought it was very well written, L. Very descriptive. Thank you. Um, uh, especially like the breeze over yeah. the anus, <laughs> uh, and the burger nips was very descriptive as well. Thanks. And um, the the slab of was it cold beef? Unrefrigerated or meat. Yeah. Yeah, it was using a, a pillow. It was it was all horrifying. Really was yeah. visceral imagery. Uh, I like the I like the title. Yeah, as well. I'm yeah. glad you got that. That's... Yeah, I literally got it right at the end. Um, yeah, that was that was great. Um, okay, so I don't think he he reviews them immediately. I think he moves on to the second one and then reviews okay, them. Okay, yeah, let's uh, scrap on them. All right, yeah. I'm gonna gonna press play. Story number two. Story two: The Naughties. Yeah. Note to examiner: Please grade as ungraded due to excessive length. The other children taunted and teased Caroline and Twonk relentlessly for a year. Once, David Horn's little brother, Henry, shouted, Watch out, Mrs. Cabbage is behind you, as Carolina walked to class. She quickly turned to check and the whole gang of them fell about laughing. Carolina did feel a numb sense of humiliation at this, but mostly she felt relief that Mrs. Cabbage wasn't actually behind her. Relief and a momentary blast of nervous excitement. Another time, Jemima Floopington Smythe dressed an iceberg lettuce in doll's clothes and placed it on Carolina's seat. The whole class was in hysterics when she found it. Even the teacher, Mr. Nutsack, had to suppress a smile. It was months after Halloween now, but the cruelty kept coming. Oh, Carolina, wonderful news, said Jemima over the laughter. Your best friend, Mrs. Cabbage, has come to see you. Carolina silently placed the lettuce on the floor and sat down. It's not even a cabbage, thought Carolina, and sighed. In the lunch hall in early October, nearly one year since it started, Langdon D. Hoopla, the American exchange student, jumped on a table and screamed, You gonna hang out with your buddies? The naughties again this Halloween? Carol Weiner, bonk. This time the entire school was laughing, choking on their chips and spitting Fanta over each other. Ian and William looked at each other and cried with laughter at the word bonk. Even Ian even went to clap, but then thought better of it. Although the bullying made her sad and sometimes lonely, Carolina knew she had done the right thing last year. It was right to warn the other children to stay away from the abandoned farm on Halloween. Mrs Cabbage, Tummy, Filth and Tommy Bendy had all asked Carolina to tell the children to stay away, so she did. It was for their own good, as they and all the other naughties got extra haughty, naughty, 
on Halloween, they said. It was to Carolina's surprise then that she received an invitation to the Emiliana Butterbean's Halloween party this year. Despite her terrible year at the hands of the other children, Carolina thought it might be nice to go and have fun. She rummaged through her parents' old fancy dress box in the attic and found a simple wee ghosty costume and went to the Butterbean's house. Uh, uh, hello? Carolina stuttered. The Butterbean residence was very quiet. It looked like no one was home at all, let alone a whole party of her school friends. Carolina crept around to a nearby window and peered inside. Nothing. She went back to the door and knocked hard this time. The force of her knuckles hitting the door pushed it open slightly. Carolina gasped. What if something bad had happened to everyone, she thought. Despite her fear, she pushed the door fully open and stepped inside. As soon as she was fully inside the house, she felt a heavy crash on the top of her head. She couldn't see and her hearing was echoey. She quickly came to her senses and realised she was inside a large wheelie bin. A roar of laughter now from elsewhere inside the house. We got her! exclaimed Edward Ponsington. Told you it would work, said Emiliana Butterbean proudly. Let's take her to the place, squealed Philip Cunt. At that, everyone screamed and yelled in excitement. It was clear to Carolina that her whole class was in on it. She began to cry inside the bin as they roughly wheeled her through the streets and then down what might have been a large grassy hill, her head, her head bouncing off the sides as she was mercilessly pushed and pulled along. At what felt like a very long time, after what felt like a very long time, they stopped. The other children flipped open the lid and pushed the bin on its side. Carolina spilled out violently, still in her ghosty costume, and wiped the tears from her face. Well, said Pam Bucket, where are they then? Who? Carolina sniffled. The noughties, said Adrian Twerp. Carolina looked around her. To her horror, she realised they had brought her to the abandoned farm on Halloween, exactly what the noughties had warned her not to do. Quickly, everyone, Carolina shouted. We have to leave right now. It's not safe. Of course, everyone laughed at this. Tony Pig rolled his eyes. No, I'm serious, Carolina pleaded. If Mrs Cabbage... She couldn't finish the sentence over the roar of laughter that erupted the word cabbage. Come on, she shouted at the top of her voice and ran to the exit. A gaggle of children quickly blocked her and held her in her place. The biggest one, Shane Parmesan, put his hand roughly on Carolina's shoulder and said menacingly, you're not going anywhere until we see your friends. The rest of the children were in a frenzy now. Before Carolina could respond, she noticed Shane Parmesan's grip on her shoulder loosen. Shane seemed to notice it too, and for a moment looked puzzled. His whole arm, up to the middle of his bicep, separated from the rest of him and fell to the ground with a thud. Shane looked down at his arm and began to scream, so did all the other children. Mrs Cabbage's head now appeared from behind Shane Parmesan, Shane's blood dripping from her mental teeth, metal teeth. <coughs> Hello, Carolina, dear, croaked Mrs Cabbage. Naughty, naughty. Now, what did we tell you last year? I know, Mrs Cabbage, I'm so sorry, pleaded Carolina. I tried to warn them, I really did. Don't worry, dearie, said Mrs Cabbage reassuringly. We know you did. Mrs Cabbage moved strangely like a fish, but hovering in the air, and she moved on only in straight lines and right angles. As she did so, she cut through the naughty children with ease, her metal teeth protruding from her perfectly spherical head and her tiny cat-sized body dangling underneath. The barn was now covered in blood. Carolina watched on, frozen to the spot. Tummy slipped through an impossibly tiny crack between two floorboards and seemed to reassemble his bones within his gelatinous, fleshy sack of a body. He resembled a two feet tall rubber glove 
filled to bursting point with liquid. Tiny hands and feet stuck out of the corners. Hi, Carolina, he gurgled and began tumbling head over heels around the room, gobbling up the bloody body parts Mrs. Cabbage had severed from the naughty children. Filth and Thomas Bendy now appeared. Thomas Bendy was crawling across the ceiling, his long limbs like four black slinkies, wibbling and wobbling as they slung his hamster-sized body from place to place. Filth was something between a gas and a liquid. He attached to the victim's faces with a slapping sound, wrapping around their heads and suffocating them. Before long, the rooms fell silent and the naughties looked at Carolina. Sorry you had to see all that, dear, said Mrs Cabbage. It's OK, Mrs Cabbage, replied Carolina matter-of-factly. They were all bellends anyway. All the naughties laughed and so did Carolina Twonk. I'm so sorry, that was so long. <laughs> oh my goodness, is that it? Yeah. Jesus. Oh man, that was excruciating to listen to twice. <laughs> um, so I love the, the use of names. Yeah, you're you, you do have a skill with picking names. And so, he, he read it all so well. He he really did the characters, the characterization. I can I can really picture it really well. He's he, I can like go for a run and listen to to that. For like another 45 minutes yeah i know i think we found like an audible level uh like you know like the amazon book audio book subscription level like narrator and we're getting him for free yeah um but yeah if it wasn't for the way he read that i i don't think i could have listened to that whole thing that was I, i've learned my lesson i'm never writing anything like that long again it was actually quite scary like were it not for the names that would be quite a scary short story yeah i think horrible, you... horrible. If you'd yeah. gone with more serious names, you might have actually pulled off a slightly better and done it a bit shorter. You'd have pulled off a pretty good story there. I I, I really like the um the weird characters, like the you know like one was what was a spherical head and a tiny body, and the other one was somewhere it's between the a liquid and a gas that suffocated. That's all very yeah very kind of strange and evocative. It's yeah, I liked it. Really? Well, I wasn't well, expecting. I, I liked elements of it, definitely. Like, that's very generous of you. I, I was, I was just, I was enjoying the way I read it, but God, I was just thinking, oh, God, I feel sorry for him. He's having to. It was like nine thirty as well, and he's got he's a busy, you know, he's got kids and he's got to get up early. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've definitely learnt my lesson there. I'm never doing that again. Um, but thank you for the comments. Story number three. Story three. Note reader, read all dialogue in Aussie accents. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one Aussie accent. I think that's an issue. I think Excellent I might need accent, to develop a, a, a slightly different one. Okay. Steve staggered aimlessly toward the highway. Let's start again. Steve staggered aimlessly down the highway. It was dark. It was cold. To his right, the endless desert of the Australian outback. To his right, the Pacific Ocean. The light of the moon rippled. I'm just pausing there for a second. Did you mean to do that? No. <laughs> just didn't read it back. Like, once I typed it <laughs> See, that's why I said I wasn't sending my under the sea one tonight because of stuff like that. I like that though. It's great. I, I, for a second, I thought, oh, that's really clever what he's done there. Yeah. Yeah, it could be like he looks and it's the desert and he looks again and it's the ocean. Yeah, that's why I thought immediately. Yeah. Fucking with his head.
No, yeah. I just fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna press play. All right. <clears throat> Pulled off the waves. He also had a raging boner, which hindered his ability to pick up any real pace. The roar of a, lo- a ro- <laughs> the roar of a lorry rumbled in the distance. Perhaps a road train shipping its cargo between cities. Steve quickly turned to see its headlights. He let out a mildly agitated grunt as his cock uncomfortably slapped against his thigh. Fucking boner, he thought to himself. <laughs> also, where the fuck am I? The lorry slowed <laughs> as it approached Steve. The driver rolled down the window. Top boner, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> what the bloody hell are you doing out here in the middle of the night with that rager, eh? What a beauty. Fucked <laughs> if I know, mate. Fucked if I know, mate. Hey, can I get a ride? I'm not riding that baguette, you bloody drongo. Now, nah, fella, I mean in the lorry. No. The lorry driver drove off. Steve chased after it, but the boner, slapping every which way, caused him to lose his balance. He fell to the dirt and was caked in dust as the lorry vanished. Steve looked over his shoulder. An incredibly tall man watching him, maybe 11 feet tall, he thought. The man's face obscured by shadow. Steve let out a nervous fart. The tall man approached. Poor, what a squeaker! <laughs> he laughed. Sensing danger, Steve attempted a roundhouse kick to the tall man's shins. As he span, he found he was unable to stop. He quickly p- picked up speed <clears throat> and continued to spin faster and faster until his leg clean detached from his body and flew off into the ocean. The moon had turned into a giant eye watching him. Steve slowly bled out. He let out a sad fart. Sad <laughs> fart. <laughs> that took quite a turn at the end. Unexpected. <laughs> oh, I've just paused it. So oh, that that um that really got me. That story. That was, was... a real turn. It was just a normal guy. Just obviously had a boner, but just walking down the highway. You <laughs> obviously had then, a boner, yeah. And then eleven foot man, roundhouse kick that never ended, and then. His leg fell off. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> a roundhouse kick that never ended. Yeah, um, he reads it so well as well. It just so much. Fun. He really does, yeah. doesn't he? I'm so impressed. I'm I'm glad we got him involved. He's like he makes it so much better. Oh, I, 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 when I read it back, I thought that's that's toilet. I thought I thought it was awful. But then when he reads it, it's just brilliant. It elevates it, doesn't it? it yeah. Does, yeah. Um, Oh God, that was good. Um, yeah, I, well, I like that one. I know you, you weren't too keen on it when, on WhatsApp earlier, Al, but um, I, I, I was thoroughly entertained. I wanted to know more about Steve. Why was he out in the desert? Why did he have a boner? Yeah, why did he, he have eleven foot man? Why was he naked? Yeah, there's lots of unanswered questions. But um, where, where is it a horror? Is that just because he the roundhouse kick that and his leg came off? Well, also the moon was a giant eyeball, and there was a. <laughs> Mm. Right, that made it horror. Well, I don't think you should beat yourself up about that. I actually no, no, I, loved it. I and I'd be quite too. happy to tell you if it was shit. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it too. I'm not sure you really captured the horror genre, but <laughs> um <laughs> but I enjoyed it as a story. It was funny. Okay, so Hef's gonna now um do some analysis on these and grade them. Um so I'll just press play. <laughs> <clears throat> so he just spanning he just spanning everyone. Ever increasing, increasingly fast circles, and his leg leg came off, and he died. Yeah, I mean, he was sensing danger, and so he attempted a roundhouse kick to the shins, and as he found he was unable to stop, he quickly 
picked up speed and continued to spin faster and faster until his leg cleaned detached from his body and flew into the ocean. The moon had turned into a giant eye watching him as Steve slowly bled out. Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm, I've got tears in my eyes. That's great. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm ready for my, um, yeah, my feedback. Go for it. Yeah, but just, yeah, I know it's late. Go for it quick. Okay, I'm going to be brutal. Mm. Story one and two are getting used. <laughs> Just pause it. Used for one end. <laughs> you and me all got absolutely trashed. What for? I thought mine wasn't that bad. Well, I'll press. I'll press play, and you can find <laughs> out. Getting <laughs> used. Yeah, they're both getting used because they <laughs> they do not hit. They do not hit the brief. Uh, I believe of a short of the short story. <laughs> That's fair. I think there probably needs to be a. Um, uh, uh, a word count. I also think that stories one and three have to be marked. Well, story one can't be marked down any further because it's got a U. The story one and three have to be uh, marked down for a lack of development from the Aussie accent. I think I'd, I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see some Geordie in there, some Scouse. Okay. Um, maybe. Right. So he's he's completely torpedoed you, you there because he said last week that he. He rated mine an A because he liked the Aussie accent. Obviously, you both went hard in on Aussie accents, and he's marked you down for it. Yeah. I think he was on to you. We went for the, the quick cash-in, you know, yeah. the Aussie accent would give us, like, a, a great well, boost. Didn't we all agree to go go Aussie on this one? But then, Ryan, you went a different way. Oh, I forgot that we agreed that. Did we agree that? Sorry. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, um, I don't think it would have done me any favours anyway because mine's a U. No. Um, right, I'm going to continue with his analysis. Um, uh, yeah, very good. Uh, st uh, story three. Uh, I'm a big fan of the simplicity of um, of the sentences. Um, I've got two EBIs. Are we okay with the what EBIs are? No, I mentioned this last week. So, in the teaching circles, we talk in WWWs, what went wells, and EBIs, even better ifs. Oh. So what went well is, um, yeah, I really like I, this like, where where you can set a scene in two sentences with a character called Steve. Steve staggered aimlessly down the highway. It was dark. It was cold. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I don't. I don't need any other nonsense where it's giving me long, convoluted, uh, complex sentences. I just want I just want I just want to be in. I also I think uh, story three writer would benefit from keep keeping that simplicity going. So the beauty of this is the boner and <laughs> and just one man, one man's um, embarrassment and pride in that boner and the trials <laughs> and tribulations, which eventually lead to um, losing the, the leg. <laughs> with, with with the moon with the moon as witness i mean it, it's 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 got real potential i don't think i i mean there's an argument for farting always being funny i'm not sure the farts work here alongside the bonus narrative i think it's i think it detracts from the boner focus yeah um but it is still very very strong it's the winner for me story three excellent um, so, well, it has so to be because the other two are ungraded yeah, I'm, well, yeah, ungraded. I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give story three a, a strong B plus. Whoa! <laughs> How do you B feel about plus that, Alex? Again, 
two B pluses. Two wow, B plus. yeah, very bad feedback. Uh, you know what? I, I completely agree. I, I should have just committed to the boner rather than trying to put some some farts in there as well. It was um, you made the story all that more conflicted. <laughs> oh, you're a natural. Yeah, you're very good at that. Well, yeah, I, I, I can see that. it's a positive thing, but quite you know, he's walking down the highway. It's cold and dark. Yeah, he's on board. Brilliant. Yeah, he's very he's very clear with his feedback, isn't he? Like um, you can see why he's come to that because he comes to conclusions very quickly. And accurately, I like that. Um, yeah, obviously disappointed with uh, with the ungraded, but I, you know, it's my own fault. Well, keep back on board for the for the next one. Then I just got to commit to a narrative. Don't overcomplicate. <clears throat> you know, focus on boners or farts, but not both. Not both. <laughs> There's not not enough time for both. So n- next episode three will be under the sea. So so far we've done two episodes. <clears throat> Uh, Alex has scored 7.5 on episode one and 7.5 on episode two because a B plus is worth 7.5 points in our grading system. Um, so Alex has 15 points overall. Elliot has 2.5 points overall. And Ryan has 8.5 points overall. So Alex is clearly in the lead by a long way after just two episodes. And he's written one called Source. Actually, he hadn't titled, <laughs> neither of them have been titled. <laughs> but one was about sauce and one was about a boner um, and he's way in the lead I've also got sauce part two ready to go as well whenever, whoa really so you you won this week and you I mean you already chose under the sea on whatsapp but luckily you won anyway so that all works out and next week the winner will choose the next one even though that's already been decided by whatsapp um, but uh, yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it all right thanks a lot boys see you later thanks for listening to the small fictions podcast email us with questions stories of your own or anything at all at smallfictions at gmail.com